discover more compassionate relations with human beings, but how can we develop compassionate relations with the other creatures with whom we share this planet? There's an us before the wound, there's an us before oppression, and let to be pleasure is a way that we tap down into that. Welcome to the Vegan Vanguard. It is Mexi, and today we have on Hannah, who is a former Lush Cosmetics employee, to talk about the company's union busting and why she and others formed the Global Lush Union. We have talked previously on the podcast about vegan companies engaging in union busting and other anti-labor practices. If you will remember, about a year ago, we had on workers from No Evil Foods, which is a vegan company that branded itself using socialist iconography, uh, which not only busted up unionization efforts a year ago, but recently fired all of their employees without severance absolutely unbelievable. So please go follow So Evil Foods on Instagram to see how you can help support those workers. I believe they're on Twitter as well, but as you probably know, I have uh, deleted my Twitter. But, you know, it's really sad that the mainstream vegan movement has been so co-opted by capital. It's been so focused on consumerism and just trying to get everyone to buy vegan products that it hasn't been terribly effective in actually transforming government policies. I mean, you know, certainly there have been um, great victories, right? But it hasn't been terribly effective in transforming, you know, our global food systems for lasting animal liberation. Uh, as we talk about a lot, you know, we're, we're killing and people are eating more animals today than ever before. Yes, of course, our population has grown, but uh, meat consumption is also rising uh, at a pace that is outstripping population growth. So so it's just really sad to see the mainstream vegan movement so co-opted, amenable, you know, just so fused with capitalism that it's just becoming yet another capitalist industry that harms workers who are human animals, right? So, you know, on this podcast, we've talked a lot about how we can't consume our way to animal liberation. That's not you know, a path to victory. I'm hoping to have on Vegan Batgirl from Instagram at some point to talk about the importance of actually lobbying governments to to change policies and, you know, enacting more, uh, you know, spicy actions for more transformative change uh, because policy changes don't happen based purely on consumer choices, right? And no matter how we are consuming, whether or not we are consuming 100% vegan products, our tax dollars are still largely going to prop up the animal agriculture industry. So again, just consumption alone is not a route to transformative change. And in that understanding, you know, in broader understandings of capitalism and colonialism and how these systems oppress and exploit and harm both human animals and other animals, you know, it's, it's understandable that, you know, in the mainstream movement that has become so amenable to capitalism and so focused on, you know, policing people's grocery lists rather than looking critically at global systems, it's unsurprising that many vegan companies, even the ones like Lush and So Evil Foods, who market themselves as equitable and sustainable, 
end up being just like any other big capitalist company and are very anti-worker. So I'm going to link a few articles below that people can check out, which show details of the letters that Lush sent to employees, which are egregious. If people don't know what Lush Cosmetics is, it is, I mean, exactly that. Well, it's it's mainly sells soaps and shampoos and things like that, but made out of, you know, natural products. Their products are, I think, about 95% vegan and the rest vegetarian. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, Hannah goes over some of the letters that Lush sent to employees, which I mentioned are, are quite egregious. Um, but if you'd like to, to see more and learn more, check out the pieces that I've linked. And just to clarify the timeline, the unionization drive started at Lush manufacturing plants in Toronto. And then when the company basically crushed that and ended up threatening workers in the U.S. and elsewhere who expressed support for the Toronto workers, Hannah and others began the Global Lush Union to raise awareness and garner support for workers wanting to unionize at Lush stores globally. So they've also started a petition demanding that Lush refrain from anti-union tactics and asking it to publicly state it will bargain in good faith with any union chosen by Lush employees. And so we have linked to that petition below in the show notes. Please go check that out. And lastly, before we dive into it, thank you to our new patron supporters, Ollie, Kurt Kruger, and Ray. This is a donor-funded show. We rely on all of you and your generous donations to keep this show going. If you would like to become a sustaining member, you can go to patreon.com slash veganvanguard. And for just $2 a month, you can join our Total Liberation Discord server. I co-host that with Catherine and Mad Blender. And we host chats, political chats on there, community chats uh, twice per month, which are always a really great time. There's, you know, other perks you can check out as well if you wanted to support. And as always, giving us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us really helps us out, really makes a difference. If you can't support us monetarily, take take a minute. You must, you must take a minute. <laughs> to go do that. Um, Anyway, enough with all the calls. Let us get into the interview. My name is Hannah. Um, I have been with Lush for five going on six years now. And I work in the retail sector, so I am actually in a shop uh, in New York City, Lush Upper West Side. I've, uh, I've gone through all the roles at Lush, so I've been a seasonal sales ambassador all the way up to my current position, which is a floor leader. Um, and that's essentially you're in charge of not only selling, but also um, developing your team as well and doing like coaching and feedback for your sales ambassadors. So for people who are unfamiliar with the brand, how does Lush market itself with regards to equity and sustainability? So um, Lush doesn't necessarily say it's an ethical company outright because they do believe that like um, being an ethical company should just be part of your daily business practices. But a lot of their brand values are based on ethics and sustainability. So for example, they've done a lot of campaigns around like gay is okay or refugees are welcome to highlight different human rights crises and issues. 
they also have an ethical charter where they've done a lot of work um, with fighting like animal testing and um, they do a lot of naked packaging to help with the environment. So they do can, mm. even though they don't want to promote themselves as ethical outright, if that makes sense, they do do a lot of like ethical is part of their brand values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they are, I think I said that they were about 95% vegan and the rest vegetarian. So they do brand themselves that way as kind of a, you know, conscious of animal cruelty and in support of animal liberation. I believe also they are kind of careful about their sourcing or they say that they try to source materials. I found this interesting. They try to source materials from sellers that have good labor practices and they define that as, you know, being pro-worker and pro-union and things like that. So a bit hypocritical, no? <laughs> yes, definitely. It's very different working directly with Lush versus how they, like the expectations they have for like suppliers. Right. Yeah. So very hypocritical there. So I guess let's get into what it was like working for the company. Um, you know, what were some of your concerns and grievances? And um, if you know about it, maybe, uh, you know, some of the experiences of uh, workers in, in other places, right? So in Canada or globally. Yeah. Um, so I will say like in the beginning, working at Lush, and I think this also speaks to a lot of people's experiences like it feels really good to feel like you're like you're bought into the company um you think that it's amazing that they take a stance on so many different issues and that they have all these brand values such as like what we've been talking about you know animal testing like fighting animal testing and being vegan and vegetarian so like there was a a large honeymoon period Uh, And then I think that for me, working through the pandemic is what really shifted my viewpoint of Lush. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's exactly why workers started to unionize to begin with. A big complaint that we've always had with the company is our wages. They do consider themselves like a company that pays above minimum wage, but they use the Mercer report for a lot of their their um, wage grids and that's like only paying a little bit above like the market level Mm. of what what uh, people are being paid so it's not like they're paying a living wage for their employees Mm -hmm. and the expectations that you have like as a salesperson just exceed that of other retailers like I've worked at Sephora I've worked in other beauty retailers and it's so different the amount of knowledge that you need to have the expectations of like the entire customer experience. So to only pay a little bit above what other companies are paying and then to, you know, to say you're not a minimum wage company just feels like a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. So that is a major issue that's been around for a long time. And then through the course of the pandemic, it's been a struggle in retail. Mm -hmm. I feel for all my retail employees because There have been so many shifts um, within the company since reopening. Like they said that employee wellness and safety were top priority. And so it just doesn't seem that way. It doesn't translate. Uh, For example, when we first reopened, New York is different because our shops didn't open until later because of mandates. But the company relaunched uh, launched a reopening guide, and originally masks weren't mandated last year. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, and that 
it drove a lot of people to leave. And then finally they were like, oh no, we're going to have customers wear masks. We're going to have employees wear masks. And we started with doing um, storefront shopping. And that was, it was a little bit, you know, of a struggle to get into just because we were all concerned with like the pandemic and not knowing now it's, you know, it's been a year. So we all are living through it. Mm -hmm. But um, in September of last year, they, they shifted to in-store shopping. They were just like, yeah, we're going to go to in-store shopping every shop. And then after that, it was like, they were going to increase capacities in the stores when they did that. And finally, what drove me to put in my notice is uh, just recently they've removed mask mandates for all shops, um, mm. even without verifying like if employees are fully vaccinated. So it's just scary to work with with the public. Like I have a child that's under the age of vaccination. So for me, that was like a big factor in, you know, needing to stay, uh, take a step back from the company. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of those, you know, grievances and feeling like our health and safety are not top priority, even though they say that they are. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, in your work with other uh, employees of Lush globally, would you say that those are similar grievances elsewhere? Yeah, definitely. Those are similar grievances with everyone I've spoke about in retail. In terms of the drive for organizing in Toronto, when that started in last October, uh, it was because the manufacturing workers were working all through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think there was just like a, a maybe two or three weeks where they closed everything and then they went right back to work. And prior to the pandemic, those workers were being paid bonuses based on how, you know, how much like their their quotas they met. And due to the pandemic, Lush completely got rid of that and then didn't pay a hazard pay. So for retail, I think for cert, I'm not sure exactly what staff members, but a bunch of people are being paid like a dollar extra an hour premium, but that's not hazard pay, especially when you consider that we used to have bonuses and they've taken those away. And when they first started doing the premium or before they did the premium, they weren't even supplying like hazard, um, like PPE until there was a big backlash and then they started providing PPE. So yeah. You know, a dollar is not much. <laughs> no, that's absolutely unbelievable. Okay, so can you tell us a bit about how the Union Drive came together? And uh, I mean, I guess you, you've you addressed a number of concerns, but what specifically workers were or are continuing to fight for? Yeah, so um, when the, like when they started the organizing drive in Toronto, the main grievances and concerns were the living wage. Um, there was a lack of transparency within the company, uh, especially regarding like favoritism for employees like who were getting promoted or getting um, their seasonal contracts turned into permanent positions. Um, and the low and reduced wages. So not only not paying a living wage, but also uh, taking away part of your pay, part of their pay. Mm -hmm. So that's like what they were all unionizing for. And then they were met <laughs> with a lot of union busting from the company. Right. So the, sorry, the union drive started in Toronto um, and then has now become like a global movement, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like when it started, it started October, 2020 and we've 
now reached out to a lot of different retail employees. So retail is now part of this where originally it was like just manufacturing and distribution that were gonna be a part of the unionizing efforts. And we've also reached out to um, Australia. So like we've been in touch with them and where the Global Lush Union is a, it's a like um, show of solidarity with all workers throughout Lush and like allowing us to have a platform to talk about unionizing without repercussions. And I don't know, just to like have workers connect with each other and feel like they're not alone in that, in their experiences. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess in terms of the initial union drive in Toronto, then how did Lush respond and what union busting tactics did they pull out and how did these impact workers? So both those who were fired, I guess that's a spoiler alert of some of some of how they responded uh, and also those who remained. Yeah. Um, So the company's response to that unionizing drive was to pass out anti-union leaflets which suggested that union workers were giving false information well workers trying to unionize were giving false information to other workers but within those leaflets they said that like unions in Canada are businesses um mm-hmm. and they you know they try to frame the workers who are unionizing as villains Uh, They hosted like anti-union meetings and then they made it so that the workers who were attempting to unionize were being met with like intimidation, like they were being followed or they weren't allowed to work with other workers. Uh, And then, like you said, spoiler alert, one of the main unionizers uh, lost their their seasonal contract um, because of that. Mm -hmm. They were called back in, I think... I think it was March of this year, but they only had a six week contract and then that was uh, terminated as well. And like uh, when we're talking about those types of seasonal contracts, Lush is a seasonal business when it comes to their distribute, like when, when it comes to their manufacturing, because times like Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and Christmas are big drives for the company. Mm-hmm. And so they'll call workers out for those specific periods of time on seasonal contracts. But someone like Chris, uh, he was on seasonal contracts that had to be signed every two weeks mm-hmm. um, for like two full years. So <laughs> to me, that doesn't seem like a seasonal contract. It just seems like a way for the company to not give employees benefits um, that they deserve for working for two full years with the company. Absolutely. Yeah. Having to sign again every two weeks, that is absolutely ridiculous. I guess, could you speak a bit more to the kind of information that they were circulating in the leaflets and at the meetings? Um, I saw something about them really trying to scare people into thinking that they were going to have to pay so much in union fees or union dues and just a, just a number of ridiculous things. But it's exactly what you said. Like um, they were stressing that unions were businesses. They were stressing that like you'd have to end up paying more being in a union through union dues um, and to ultimately scare people out of unionizing. Yeah, so like in the main lines, it's like many of us have never been unionized. Many of us do not know what unions are or how they work. Don't get tricked. Signing a union card or signing anything through a handout or a web page means you are agreeing to a legal contract with the union. That legal contract could over be over could be over a hundred pages long. You should not sign anything you have not read. Ask questions about 
yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then like, they say that in the days ahead, we this this was in um, the holiday season, so this is already passed. But in the days ahead, we will give every core and seasonal employee more information about union dues, union initiation fees, union special assessments, union strikes, union discipline, and union fines. Your right to not be harassed or pressured into assigning a union card. Wow! And so, like, even what they are talking about, like the four the the four key points that they're listing are all not necessarily like their way of spinning that, you know, union strikes are negative or union dues are negative versus getting into what union dues actually cover. And the reason that they're there, my partner is in a union. So for me, like reading those things, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Just really, I mean, it's just so like naked, you know, naked self-interest. So I guess tell us about how the Global Lush Union formed uh, kind of as an offshoot of that, right? So that all happened and then um, workers decided to stand in solidarity together globally and form the Global Lush Union. So how did this materialize? How did you get involved with it? Um, And you mentioned a bit about its aims before, but maybe also how has Lush responded to this new Global Lush Union? Yeah, so... um... Let's see. So the way the Global Lush Union started was um, we have at Lush an internal communication server called the Hive. And one of the key organizers uh, was posting information on different articles that were released because the Hive, they launched like different news pieces or they talk about like retail numbers updates. And so this person was, I kept sharing. They were like, oh yeah, there's gonna be a union drive in Toronto. Like if anyone's interested, reach out to us. And I guess I didn't get onto my experience with the union busting. So I'll also talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I reached out and I wrote a comment back and I was like, hey, like does this, like do these unionizing, um, does this information apply to retail workers? And if so, like, I think that there would be a really, like there would be like an incentive for for retail workers to unionize. I think that a lot of retail Mm -hmm. workers would want to unionize. And so I wrote that back and immediately after my shop was called um, and I don't remember who it was, but it was someone from HR who called and was like, who's this person, Hannah? Like, what do they do at your shop? What's their role? Um, (laughs) Like, and, you know, just asking my manager all these questions. And my manager was like, well, you know, like she's really into social justice. And so like, she wants to support people unionizing. And so that call was really awkward because I wasn't even there and they didn't speak directly to me. So the next time I was in the shop, everyone was like, hey, someone called about you. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's crazy. And then after that, uh, we had, uh, there was a lot of change through upper level management at the company because of the pandemic, a lot of positions were removed or consolidated. So our manager's manager, our RST, retail support person was new and came to our shop. They had a scheduled visit to sit down with our shop and get to know the staff and see how they could support us. So this visit was already scheduled pre-phone call. And I got to meet with our RST because I was next in line to be um, the assistant manager at my shop. And so she wanted to get to know me. 
And after that meeting, she was supposed to have another meet, like another visit with us. And she explicitly stated towards the end of the meeting, she was like, your shop is doing so well. Like you have no problems here. I would rather give my support and my time to another shop that needs it. So if it's okay, I'll cancel my second visit. And we were like, yeah, sure, fine. And a day before her second visit was scheduled, was canceled, she had emailed us and was like, hey, I'm coming to your shop. (laughs) like you know just just to see how you're doing and the purpose of her coming was a like she was literally at our shop for an hour two hours max she came had a conversation with my manager for like half an hour they called me into the office to have a conversation with me um and asked me like what I know about unionizing and like I cut the conversation short I was just like yeah like I don't want to talk to you guys about this (laughs) um because it was just so awkward I was like my partner's in a union I don't need Lush to tell me about union organizing yeah like and it just it did make me feel really like uh parental supervision right like it's like I write this comment and now I'm sitting down in an office with my manager and my RST talking about why I wrote what I wrote on the hive so Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what I experienced and some other retail workers also had similar experiences with regards to posting information that seemed pro-union on the hive too where they would get called into their manager's office Um, that's unbelievable Yeah. And of course, nothing is, you know, of course, it's not like they're saying you can't unionize, but it does make you feel that way. Like the intimidation behind it is real. It makes you feel like, uh oh, what's going to happen if I do continue to do this? Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, after that, I guess you were compelled to participate in the Global Lush Union? Yes. Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, like, let me reach out um, and start to have a, like to communicate with the people that are in Toronto. And I learned that they were already communicating with folks in um, Australia as well. And that there was someone in San Francisco that was involved. And so we started to have meetings where we would all talk and communicate. And that's when we decided to create the Global Lush Union website. Mm -hmm. which like the main goal of it is to be a watchdog. So Lush will not like will not stop to intimidate employees unless they're like it's in the news that they're doing it because their entire marketing scheme is based off the fact that they you know like they do ethical buying and sourcing and they're handmade and there's happy people making happy soap. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, you know, we really wanted to be able to have a platform first because there's no way we're going to get a, the amount of people we need to try to organize unless they're, those people are educated on both sides. And right now it seems like Lush has the, you know, they have the upper hand, they have HR, they have their internal website that they can post on, um, they can schedule the meetings. We can't do that. We have to have people come to us and see us and be like, oh, look, there's more people that want to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, wonderful. So uh, I guess how is that work going? Um, has Lush responded directly to the Global Lush Union? <laughs> Lush hasn't responded directly to the Lush Union. Uh, they have 
uh, they've posted on internally on the hive. Uh, essentially, every time a article comes out, they'll be like, oh, yeah, there's a new article on unions. And we just wanted to let you know and give you the proper information and then proceed to give no information. Um, they haven't uh, talked to us directly as the Global Lush Union. They've just done a lot of internal. Yeah. I love I love when capitalist employers think that we want to hear their opinions on whether or not workers should form a union. And there has been a lot of support from other employees on the hive, like calling Lush out and being like, hey, like this isn't really, you know, responding to these allegations. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So like one of the key points they keep saying as uh, saying is for many of you, this may be the first time you are hearing about a union drive. We're focused on engaging directly with impacted staff. We corrected union misinformation with rewritten communications and answered questions in the workplace in the first week of November. As many of you are aware, as a brand, we choose not to engage in employee related matters in the public eye and cer certainly not through any media campaigns such as this one by these unions and their supporters. Um, Lush was asked to comment on the story ahead of it running and we provided the company's position but again choose not to share further details of employee matters in the public domain. So yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot of that over and over and over again and it's just yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> just incredible. Um, so in February, the SEIU's Workers Canada Council filed a charge against Lush with the National Labor Relations Board's offices in San Francisco. Uh, do you know if anything has come of this? Yes. So that NL, uh, San Francisco's office of the NLRB concluded that they're, um, they found merit in the complaint. And so what that means is that they issued a formal complaint to Lush that Lush was uh, could respond to so they could either respond with a like not admission of guilt but just a settlement or mm -hmm. they could bring it to court and so they did not do the non the, the settlement they chose to take it to court and right now it seems like that court date is going to be in august okay um, so we'll hear more about that <laughs> yeah yeah well hopefully that's that's able to push the company. Um, so where are things at right now uh, in terms of organizing and, and the work that you're doing with the Global Lush Union? And how can people listening help support the union drive and uh, the Global Lush Union? Yeah, uh, great, great point. Thank you for um, giving me the chance to talk about how people can help. I think that people should really just go to the Global Lush Union website and sign our petition because the more people that do that, it shows the company that there are people that are there watching them and, you know, being critical of their actions. So I think signing the petition is key. We also have a Global Lush Union Twitter where people can go on and learn more about the different day-to-day -day, um, experiences at Lush and what's happening currently. So a lot of what we've been talking about recently is the um, the removal of the mask mandate and how that's impacting employees mm -hmm. and we're also going to be talking about the wage uh, the wage grid because that's supposed to be changed in July so I think if people can just go to those uh, social media accounts and see what we have there that will be the best way they can help us also if anyone is going to their lush shop it would be really cool for your employees to hear that like you heard about the unionizing and, and that you're in support of it so if you mm. are someone who shops at lush 
that's really cool. Not asking you to, you know, you do, you do you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be great. So yeah, we'll definitely put those links in the uh, description box below. I'm wondering even, you know, on Lush's social media to even leave comments saying I've heard about this union drive and I'm very in support of your workers and you should address this. <laughs> right? A lot of people doing that. So if yeah. people do want to do that, like, please do it. I find that most companies will only make changes when they feel that it's going to impact their bottom line. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's a great way to show the company that they should live up to their values. And mm-hmm. most of us, like all of us who are in the global lush union, I think that there's a, like, sometimes it's like, oh, like they're just miserable workers or, you know, like they're unhappy. And like, that's not the case. Like we are unhappy, but that's because we see such a, such a better future for lush. Mm -hmm. Like we really want lush to live up to its own values. And like, if they're not doing that themselves, how can they create the cosmetics revolution that they want to Mm -hmm. like respect your workers? (laughs) Yeah, it's not vegan to disrespect your workers. I'll say that. Definitely not. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. Is there anything else that you want uh, to share with our listeners? I think we covered everything. Um, Yeah, I I can't think of anything else, but I do thank you for allowing us to be on here and giving us this platform so that other people can learn about this drive. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Um, Do you want to just shout out quickly uh, the website for the Global Lush Union and where people can find you online? Yeah, it's um, globallushunion.com com and then uh twitter.com slash global lush union uh so if you just look up global lush union you'll find us uh we also have an instagram in the works too but we're mostly using our website and our uh twitter account and you can sign up to be a part of an email group so if you want to be more in the know you can do that as well through the website awesome Well, thank you so much again. Um, Major solidarity with you and all the workers at Lush uh, and all retail workers, honestly. So yeah, major solidarity. Uh, Thank you for the work that you're doing. And um, yeah, uh, I'll I'll keep in touch and keep keep track of what's going on here. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date. And maybe after the NLRB charge goes through, we can have another, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely.